Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. Big ABC broadcast tomorrow as the Ducks are hosting Colorado, 1230 on ABC. Joe Tessitore, Katie George, and the great Jesse Palmer will be on the broadcast. Uh, Jesse joining us now. How big is this game in your world as you guys uh, do your pre-event meetings and stuff? Uh, how big does this feel? Well, it feels massive, obviously, for a lot of different reasons. Um, it's two undefeated teams, two ranked opponents. It's a big tilt in the Pac-12 conference with two Heisman hopefuls at quarterback. But I think, you know, it's it's Coach Prime, really, right? I mean, that's that's what everybody's tuning in for. We're talking about a guy that just transcends sports and the entire world seems to descend on whatever he does, uh, wherever they're playing early this year. And certainly the toughest challenge for Colorado up to this point of the season. But I think everybody is tuning into this curious to see just how good is this Colorado team. And even though they've started 3-0, and you know, are they for real? Just how good could this team be this year? You've been around sports a long time as a player in, in college at a high level in the NFL. You've seen athletes and teams put a chip on their shoulder and, and say, hey, we're disrespected or nobody believes in us. Uh, can you continue that three, four, five, six, seven? Can you continue that through a whole season or do you run out of emotional energy at some point? I think most times you run out of emotion. I think it's a great point you make. I think that's one of the biggest questions heading into this game, too, because there are a lot of things to be really impressed about with respect to the job Coach Prime has done at Colorado. I think one of those has been his motivation. And every single week, I think, this year, they've been able to find something to sort of lean on. Week one, no one thought they could compete against a team that played the national championship game last year in TCU, and they win that game on the road. And then against Nebraska and against Colorado State, there were comments and quotes made by the opposing coaches that certainly Colorado used as fuel. Um, and he'll do that again this week, no doubt, right? We're going on the road. We're playing at Austin Stadium. We're a 21-point underdog or whatever we are right now. And arguably our most our, our most dynamic player in Travis Hunter, he's not on the field, so no one's going to give us a chance. But I think you do have to question just, just how much this team has left in the tank emotionally, considering everything they've dealt with through the offseason, through the first three weeks. And then that game against Colorado State was such a physical game. It was so emotionally draining, and now you're going to Austin Stadium, one of the most hostile environments in all of college football. There's going to be a massive audience watching. And again, your most dynamic player is not on the field, so can they keep this up? That's a massive question. Shador Sanders has been terrific. Uh, he's just been fantastic. And I want to know what you see as a, as a guy who played QB in the NFL. What do you see in Shador? Yeah, I've been unbelievably impressed. Um, the transition he's made physically, I think he has all the tools. The thing that really impresses me the most about Shadur on film, he's always in such a good position to throw the football. Fundamentally, he's about as good as anybody you're going to see in the country. Always has a good base underneath him. He gets his feet in the right spot. He keeps his shoulders level. I think that's why he's so accurate, throwing at all three levels of the field. Like, it's hard in routes against air to complete 79% of your throws. But that's what he's doing right now. Um, also, mentally, 
Um, remember, he's playing in a new system with offensive coordinator Sean Lewis. There are a lot of quarterbacks around the country that entered the portal, that had a lot of success at other schools, but aren't having the success Shador Sanders is having right now. Um, Shador's putting up Heisman Trophy numbers, and by the way, He's not playing behind a very good offensive line. There's not a lot of first-round picks out there playing in front of him. And still, when it matters most on third down and in the fourth quarter, I think Shador's the best quarterback in the country. Two fourth-quarter comebacks in three games already. I mean, you can see why he's climbing up draft boards, and um, he is the real deal. There's no doubt about that. What does Oregon need to watch out for here, Jesse? I mean, they're encountering the hype train, a lot of momentum, and really an opponent that that is really starting to believe in itself. Yeah, I think that's it. It's just the belief and it's the confidence. And for Oregon, I think that's going to be a massive challenge early in this game is to try and squash that. You want the crowd at home, again, at Austin Stadium, to sort of take this thing over. Um, But Colorado's a team that, you know, with, with those weapons on offense, honestly, even without Travis Hunter on the field, guys like Jimmy Horn Jr. and Xavier Weaver and Dylan Edwards, those guys scare you. The one thing that I think Colorado has is they've got these guys in space that if, if you miss a tackle, it could be a house call. And that's one thing about Oregon's defense this year. They have not been a very good tackling unit on that side of the field, and they can give up explosive plays. So I think it's going to be really important, at least for Colorado coming into this game, easily the most hostile environment they've seen this year. And this is easily the most hostile environment that their players have ever played in. They're going to have to start fast. They're going to have to make good things happen early so that they can continue to believe that they can win. How different does college football look for you all these years later as you look back and you see a coach come in, take over a 1-11 team, 54 players gone, transfer portal turnover, and here they are drawing 9 million people for a, for a late-night Saturday game? That's wild. And, you know, we're all sort of going along for the ride right now. I mean, it's, it's, it truly is unique in, in so many ways. It, it feels really unprecedented for me in a lot of ways because of the phenomenon. We talked about how it kind of transcends everything, and that, that has a lot to do with Coach Prime's accomplishments on the field, but it's also his personality and his magnetism. He's been an unbelievable, not just CEO of this team, a chief marketing officer. I mean, his branding. And any metric you use, whether it's uh, – ticket sales or whether it's eyeballs watching on television or whether it's social media impressions. I mean, this thing is off the chart. The entire, it feels like not just college football, but the entire sports world has sort of descended upon Colorado and Boulder and sort of what's happening there. And I think the fact that he's doing things that we just don't see done and we want to continue to see if it can work. We've talked about the transfer portal. How many head coaches do you know? after a half of the football season, are openly politicking for their players to win Heisman trophies. I mean, he just does things that are, that are so outside the box. It's fascinating. Um, and I think that's why it just feels very, very different versus all the things that I've seen in 17 years now at ESPN. Now, as a broadcast crew, you guys will, will have an interview with the coaching staff during most weeks. How different was this Colorado experience than maybe an average week where you're getting a Chip Kelly or you're getting a... Nick Saban uh, as part of that interview? You know, I mean, for us, we're, we're trying to approach this as, as just another game, but no doubt, I mean, with all the attention surrounding Colorado right now, uh, we're lucky We're lucky we got some time <laughs> uh, with the coaching staff because, man, he's busy. I, I don't know when Coach Prime sleeps, um, but beyond all the things he's doing on the field, I mean, that guy does – 
he does a lot off the field as well to manage this football team and then manage all of the media and all of the requests and everything else that's coming in. It, I, I know it's a game between two 3-0 and teams, and it's very early here in the first third of the season. And it, and it is a big Pac-12 game, but, man, you just know this game feels so much bigger than that. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun to, to prepare for and get ready for. Jesse Palmer with us. Uh, yeah, you're one to talk about, Coach Prime. All right, you're on The Bachelor. you got a baby coming. You've got, you know, you're calling a football game. What is, what's it been like for you? Um, I, I'm not sleeping also. <laughs> I know I know how that feels, man. It's like a quarterback mentality, right? You just you got to play the next play. And one day it's bachelor, and the next day it's a football game, and then the next day you're visiting the hospital where your wife's going to give birth, and you're just trying to compartmentalize everything I can do. I'm just, dude, I'm just trying to get a first down at this point <laughs> in my personal life. I'm trying to throw completions and just get a first down. That's all I can do right now. All right, so give me an idea. Um, girl, right? Girl, You're going to be a girl dad. Yeah, I'm going to be a girl dad. All right, so I have three daughters, and i got to tell you, it's the best thing ever, man. I, I specialize. I don't, I don't know. People, some people, they do boy, girl. I just do girls. But uh, you're going to love <laughs> it, man. It's going to be the best thing and the hardest thing you've ever done and the most rewarding thing you've ever done. I'm sure people have told you that. I'm going to keep your number so I can get more advice, but I appreciate it, man. I'm going to need all of it I can get. I'm so excited for this and just to try to figure this thing out. Give me an idea because I've got a lot of listeners who watch The Bachelor. Um, what, how has that experience been like for you? I, I imagine you never thought, hey, I'll go on The Bachelor. I'll end up as host of The Bachelor. And, oh, by the way, they all want to know who's going to win The Golden Bachelor. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I told you uh, back when I was The Bachelor that I knew all this was going to happen. I had no idea that TV was going to be in my future. I, I just thought it sounded like a really fun experience, and I'd given a shot. And here we are years and years later, and it's been a full-circle moment. So it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed the last couple of years being being back on with a part of this franchise. And you're right. We've kind of got a new a new thing happening this fall with The Golden Bachelor. It's premiering next week. Gary is just an absolute rock star. The cast of women are absolutely incredible. So, you know, we're all excited to kind of go on this journey with them and, and find out what happens. But uh, it's exciting times right now over here. It completely polar opposite experiences in my personal life between that and college football. But, man, my heart is full. I've, I'm doing everything I love to do. So I'm very lucky. It shows range, and I think that's important. Uh, you know, back to football, Bo Nix. You've seen a little bit of him. What do you think of Bo Nix? Uh, big fan. I mean, he's in his fifth year. No one, start, no one started more games than him. I mean, he's got 50 starts in college football, and that to me really shows up on film. He's playing so fast right now. Gets dropped back quickly. Ball comes out quickly. Reads coverages quickly. He gets it to his checkdowns really, really early, and that's part of why – I think he's so efficient, and this offense right now is so efficient through three games. You're scoring 58 points a game. Um, obviously, you know, he hasn't played the 85 Chicago Bears yet, um, and it's going to be really important, obviously, in this one, that Colorado is able to generate a bit of a pass rush and try to upset his rhythm because if you give Bo Nix a lot of time, it's it's scary. He's got a lot of weapons out there, and that's another place to sort of look to. Troy Franklin at receiver, that's an alpha wide receiver on the perimeter, and if Travis Hunter were playing in this game, that's the guy that they would shadow him with and match up with and probably feel really good about. But without Travis Hunter now, how does that sort of affect the secondary for Colorado and what they're going to do? It's a weird thing to say because I know how big the stakes are for Colorado and all the eyeballs and the peripheral sports fans uh, tuning in to watch it that don't normally watch college football that you know are, are like, hey, i got to check this game out. But 
this game feels huge for Oregon in my eyes. It feels like a big opportunity. Like Oregon's always wanted the eyeballs. That's what you know they were built on with the marketing and the branding and the uniforms. And it, it's coming to town in in the form of Colorado. I think they have a big opportunity here. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a, an opportunity also, I think, to answer some questions. Listen, it's it's almost everybody's last last year in the Pac-12, and they're trying to go out with a bang, and obviously Oregon getting set to move on to the Big Ten Conference. I mean, they want to win a conference championship and sort of leave on that note. They feel like they have a lot of talent, um, and they're going to have a lot of eyeballs this year just based on who they're playing and the different quarterbacks they're playing. That conference is absolutely loaded with good ones right now and Heisman Trophy candidates, but this is, um, you're right, kind of like Colorado now sort of feels like Oregon back circa, I don't know, like 2001, two kind of, yeah. and still not had it kind of cranking with uniforms, and now there's Heisman Trophy billboards, and Bo Nix is in, is in Times Square now, and he's out in Dallas, he's soon going to be in L.A. This is uh, this is kind of two programs sort of trending in that direction, but no doubt, this is this is an opportunity, I think, also for Oregon to make a statement, to, to not just, you know, beat Colorado and beat, beat a talented team, but, but they can make a statement, sort of put everybody on alert. Here, last question. You know, I'm looking at the coordinator matchup. And Sean Lewis, Charles Kelly on the Colorado side, fantastic, experienced. Those guys know what they're doing. It, on Oregon's side, less experience with Will Stein, young guy, some fresh ideas on offense, and you've got Tosh Lapoy on defense that, you know, last year I, I was kind of a mixed grade for me. How important is that matchup? Can, can the X's and O's overcome the Jimmy and, and the Joe's? Uh, it always plays a big factor, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just put an age to anything. I mean, Will Stein is someone who had a lot of, a lot of success at UTSA, and really, from Dan Lanning's standpoint, I thought that was a great hire because schematically, what he does is pretty similar to what Kenny Dillingham was doing last year. There's a lot of eye candy, a lot of misdirection, and he's calling, he's calling games right now, and he's calling all the right plays. Him and Bo Nix seem to be in a really, really good rhythm. And, of course, you know when you're talking defense with Oregon, you talk about coordinators and, and the staff, you, you can't leave out Dan Lanning, the head coach, who, of course, was, was the architect and the mastermind of maybe the greatest defense in college football history a couple of years ago at Georgia in 2021. So, I mean, these are obviously still works in progress. It's very early, man, and that, that's kind of what you and I are talking about. I mean, I know they've only played three games, but there's still so many questions for both of these teams, and I think that's why this game really is going to prove to be a litmus test and really tell us a lot about both Colorado and Oregon. Yeah, I appreciate you making time. For people who want to tune in, ABC 1230, that's, that's where the show's going to be. Jesse Palmer, Joe Tessitore, Katie George on the call. Jesse, thank you, man. Enjoy your time. I'll say hi to you in the press box. You got it, man. Thanks so much. Look forward to it. Oregon, Colorado. Who you got? I'm on record. I want you to tweet at me, at John Canzano BFT. My picks went out yesterday at johnconzano.com, as they do every Thursday. Oregon 49, Colorado 24. That's my pick. Buffaloes have great story, but I'm leaning on Oregon's depth. I'm leaning on uh, Oregon's ability to score on that Colorado defense. Uh, 21 points is a lot of points, but I'll take the Ducks at home. How about you? Leave it here. You got the BFT. Back to the bald face truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. So I reached out to, to uh, Brian Howell, who covers the Colorado uh, Buffaloes. He, he happens to be uh, on the Oregon coast today. 
And uh, Stephen, I've asked him to call the back line because he wasn't a scheduled guest on the show, but I noticed on social media that he was out along the Oregon coast. I think he was in Newport. He got on a uh, uh, got on a fishing boat, and uh, he is uh, he is sort of meandering around the Oregon coast. And I wanted to catch up with him just to get a taste of flavor for what Colorado is doing and and thinking he's trying to call in right now steven i'm gonna send you his number and uh he's having some trouble uh dialing the line for some reason but i'm gonna send you his number and uh we can dial him up right away but i i think it's really interesting to kind of to try to uh you know ultimately get um somebody on the show who has been kind of in the storm of things and uh and uh it has seen the changes and by the way Brian was covering this team, you know, when nobody cared about the team. I saw a picture that he had that he had uh, tweeted out um, that uh, you know was was showing the media contingent that covered Colorado's season opener a year ago, and then showing the contingent that now was covering Colorado football. So we'll talk to Brian about that here in just a minute. Uh, I'll have all the coverage of tomorrow's games. At johnconzano.com. If you're not subscribed, grab a free subscription, grab a paid subscription. Whatever works for you works for me. There are going to be photo galleries from the Oregon State-Washington State game in Pullman. Photo gallery from Autzen Stadium of Coach Prime. Behind-the-scenes look at Colorado and everything that is going on uh, with their program and all the excitement that has happened uh, with Colorado um, and then uh, also my column off the games, and, and I'll, have, uh, I'll have an opportunity to write about Oregon and Colorado. I will file something on Washington State and Oregon State, and I will be all over it, uh, and uh, we will, we will uh, talk in and around it. So, um, uh, Stephen, uh, you know, I, I got to host the show, so you guys, you know, try to figure that out and get Brian on the show. Um, I, uh, I, can't, uh, I can't do more than host the show. So, uh, in the end, uh, Brian's trying to call in. He says that he's uh, something might be wrong with our phone system, uh, and uh, you're trying to call him. So, uh, I, in the meantime, I'm just going to talk about what my experience was like when I got on the beat covering a Jerry Tarkanian team. It's not the same as Coach Prime, but it still was still was a lot of attention. It was 60 minutes showing up to interview Tark. It was, uh, you know, I had the uh, beat reporter job when I was covering Bob Knight in Indiana basketball as well. So I, uh, I, uh, you know, look back at those experiences and think about how crazy it was, how circus-like it was to kind of be around the national media who were swooping in to get the story and then be around the beat reporters who have, uh, you know, the responsibility of getting to it uh, and covering teams, uh, you know, when nobody's looking. And then suddenly, here comes the spotlight of the national media and 9 million people t- tuning in to watch a Saturday night football game. Brian Howell is the beat reporter for the Boulder Daily Camera. He was on the beat before Coach Prime got there. Hell, he'll probably be there after Coach Prime leaves someday. But he has been there, and he's on the Oregon coast now. Brian, thanks for m- making time. You bet. Thanks for having me. Okay, okay, give me an idea. Just, you know, we won't keep you long. I know you're busy. Uh, but give me an idea of what it's been like, what a whirlwind it's been like, uh, how much fun it's been like, how much work it's been, uh, having sort of all the attention and the spotlight on this program. 
Well, I always tell people, I don't know if fun is the right word to describe what's going on this year, but it's certainly interesting and, uh, and very different. Um, and it's not bad, but um, it, it's the job is certainly harder, you know, covering uh, this program. And, you know, it's a lot more eyeballs, you know, and obviously there's a lot more media there and a lot more company I have in press conferences. So it's been unique and interesting for sure. Give me an idea, you know, let's you go back like a year ago, Carl Durrell's opener last year versus maybe when you walked into that TCU press box on, on week one. Yeah, well, I would say obviously going into every year there's always optimism. and um, So even last year there was kind of this thought that, hey, we can be a good good football team. Um, you know, and even at halftime at TCU, you know, it was a close ball game. Uh, but by about week five, of last year, you know, it was five games in the season, then he got fired, and uh, the second half of last year was just miserable covering this football team, and, um, you know, I, I always tell this story that the, the last road game CU played last year was at Washington, and the post-game press conference was, post-game press conference was me, literally me only, talking to uh, interim head coach Mike Stanford and, uh, you know, one player, Montana Lamonius Craig, who's now at Arizona, and then you go to TCU, and there was like 25 media that traveled out from Colorado to cover that game. So that's what's been different, um, you know, just in nine months from the last game last year to the first game this year. Give us an idea of how what this game means to Colorado, this Oregon game. Uh, we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.